Welcome to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey. I'm honored to share with you the philosophy that has underscored my personal and professional life and explore how osteopathy truly is for the health of all things. I see these principles in action every day in my varied roles as physician, parent, athlete, writer, musician, coach, and entrepreneur, and hope they will light the way for the path to your best health. Please note that while I am a physician, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for episode 10 of season 2 of This Osteopathic Life. Today, I'd like to talk with you about intention. And before we get started with that, I'd like to take just a moment and reflect on this being episode 10 in the second season and there being 40 in the first. This is the 50th episode recorded, and I'm so grateful for the experience and what it's meant for me and hearing from others in the world who have listened, who have taken the time, who have shared it, who have reflected back to me when an episode has been meaningful. And just this week, I had the opportunity to meet a physician who has started a Facebook group back in 2016, about which I did not know. And I was invited this week and we'll be working on some collaboration over these next few days. And she shared with me that she had heard the podcast and enjoyed it and that it was nice to see the face to go with the voice. And this is someone who lives on the opposite coast of the country to me, but we're connected through our profession. And I so appreciated that and opportunity that I have here. And even in just learning through these episodes for myself. And I'm going to share with you the recording of this podcast. It's relatively low budget. I use my phone. I record. I upload it um, through GarageBand and then into SoundCloud and share on different mediums. And a lot of the time I'll pause and go back and correct. And today, interestingly enough, I just went through the episode and I looked down and there's little red lines that show you know, the level of my voice. And I noticed the line was really small today. And I thought, well, maybe I'm just really speaking evenly. And that's why. And I did the whole episode straight through. And I really thought the end, that was really good. It felt good. I felt good. I think I you know, said what I wanted to say. And some really profound things came out. And I went to listen to it back and there was nothing. There was no sound. And I'd had my earphones in earlier, and I thought maybe it picked those up, but it didn't. And then I realized it was tuned into one of our Bluetooth speakers that we use, and we're playing music louder in the house. And somehow I'd recorded from there. I didn't even think that would be an input-type device, but it just recorded this very subtle background noise. And I will say, I'll give credit, my children were in the house, and I asked them to be quiet, and they were reading and playing games while I recorded, and they were quite quiet because it's basically just some very low-grade hubbub background noise that recorded for 30 minutes and some seconds. And as was the theme of my day, I thought, of course, and perhaps as we get into this episode, you'll see why, of course, that was what it was, and it's okay. And what was said there was said, and if some of it comes back out, if all of it comes back out here in this episode, fantastic. But it's just 
how it was today and learning to just be with it and move through it and accept it. We've talked about our acceptance and surrender in previous episodes and just saying that episode was for me and this one is being shared. I see the red lines are much larger on the phone right now. And what might have derailed me in previous times just makes me smile at the moment. So as with most episodes, I have an idea and sometimes it comes to fruition directly as I thought it might. But originally, my thought for this episode was creative solutions, looking at what we're called to do and to find and to create in this time but it didn't take hold. And one of the creative solutions that came up for me was the idea of heightened intention. And as this happened repeatedly with episodes, as I went to investigate that word and that thought more, it revealed itself in many different iterations that made so much more sense. And so intention is what I'll share with you today and we'll see where it goes. And if all the minutes get recorded, great. When I think about intention in the context of the time that we are in right now, and I think about what an average day might look like before, right? We had this time before closures and before the coronavirus was part of our daily vernacular. And we were doing a lot of things and going to work out and going to work and to school and having assignments and homework and activities. And a lot of it became routine and predictable. And we're doing it just because we have been doing it. And it's the next thing that's going to come up. And I think about the feature that comes up on our phones. And when you would get into the car at a certain time, it would tell you, give you directions, the best route for where you were likely going based on the patterns. And usually it was pretty accurate, a little creepy, you know, you may want to turn off some of those tracking features perhaps on the phone. But thinking about that, you know, had life become so routine and so rote and so predictable that we were just going from point A to B at this certain time every day because that's what we were doing. And that doesn't belittle the acts of work and of school in the power of routine. I think about that for children and some of the safety and reassurance they find in the routine. But I think that somewhere we lose the space for living with intention. And we can live intentionally into routine. I'm choosing this for the structure to optimize the function and for the framework. And I'm choosing these activities and they happen at the same time every day. That's okay. Or we can just be blinded and kind of just a passenger in the ride and just following those directions on the map. And I think about that sometimes, you know, I walk to work more and it's a little harder to just walk the wrong way. But back when I drove more, sometimes you might've had a different meeting in a different place or you took the morning off and you would still drive yourself to work because that was just what you did at that time every day. And the muscle memory was ingrained. And so taking a step back and right now there's been this grand pause that is charging us to live more intentionally and take a more awake and aware approach to what it is that we're doing, even if that doing 
might be nothing, might be embracing the pause entirely right now. You know, a little bit of a surrender in a, what am I doing? And then taking up action in an intentional format with that which we are able to control. And how we choose to do that, where we choose to prioritize the use and act of operating with intention, I think remains to be seen. And I hope it reflects some of the core values that we might identify as key and crucial and critical. But because of that busyness and because of that patterning may have fallen by the wayside. And now we can reframe our guideposts and reroute those paths using those key and core principles and values that are so important to us and how we govern and guide our lives. I'll admit that as I pulled up the definition, because I always start there, just go simple, right, of intention, they weren't so exciting. It's kind of like intention is just intention, the act or fact of intending. A thing intended. There's also a little bit more gumption behind it with one definition that said a determination to act in a certain way, resolve, import, significance, what one intends to do or bring about. But it's still an idea. It's out there. It's not the actual doing. You know, it's I intend to do this, but am I doing it? And how am I doing it? And how am I showing up for it? And that came into play in that inertia and fatigue episode. You know, how do we start? How do we finish with things? And I'll say that today, and in the original iteration of this podcast, I already had these stories. And then the recording of the podcast became another chapter in the book of today's interestingness. And of late, where I might have said interesting or ironic, I now just have to embrace and say, of course, of course, this is how it happened today. This is how the universe intended it for me to experience the events in my life. And so I woke up this morning intending to accomplish a number of tasks and elements beyond my control made it so they didn't happen or they at least didn't happen in the way I intended them to or wanted them to. Technology wasn't cooperative. I couldn't make the connections I wanted to. You know, we were putting in applications and we could only get so far and then it was up to someone else to process them. And so with this last open hour I had in the early morning, I was going to record an episode for the gym you own a gym and we are closed to in-person workouts. So we're doing online formatting and each of the coaches has one workout. We record for YouTube each week and I've done it before and, you know, I figured out most of the ins and outs and it's usually a pretty smooth process. But today, because of this online schooling that we've asked of our children and that's its own side note of how they're having to live intentionally there without that rubric of the framework and the direct guidance from teachers and the schedules and the routines and learning what it is they value and what they want to learn and how they learn and what support and skills that they need to be successful in gaining better appreciation for school and seeing where they do well with self-directed learning. And you know they're adapting. They're having to realize that there's more intention behind their learning when it's done independently. In any case, I went to record and I didn't have the iPad that normally serves as the clock, so I had my phone. And during this workout, 
you know, I use that as a clock. And I had set my phone to do not disturb. I thought I was being really prepared. And I will say repeatedly, I knocked things over. You know, I kicked my water bottle over. I was bumping into walls. And in other circumstances, I might have re-recorded. And somewhat because of a time crunch. And on the other hand, because I thought as I was doing this workout, you know, I'm doing it alongside the people who are watching the video, and we have asked them to continue on with their fitness journey outside of the gym, the space where they would usually come that's separate from their home and from their work. And it's this place you can walk into and just check in to that mode of being and let go of everything else. And the equipment is there and the coaches are there and the programming is there and the space is adequate. And that's no longer available to them. And now they're in their homes using equipment that they might've borrowed or any odd object that they might have. And the space isn't quite right. And it's warmer than you're used to. And there's carpet and there's people and animals and you're probably going to get interrupted and it's not going to go just perfectly. And it's not going to go how it did before. And we're asking them very intentionally to choose this and to stick with it and to continue despite some of these obstacles and challenges that might be in the way. And so in the midst of this workout, as I'm having to silence the phone calls and pick up my water bottle and adjust my positioning so I don't you know, strike the ceiling, I just kept going and acknowledged it directly in the video. You know, thank you for joining me at home. And I'm sure these things are happening to you as well. And we could just give up. You know, I could have just stopped the video then and said, I'll come back to it later. Or we could just keep going and accept those interruptions for what they are and recognize that our intention is for the act of exercising. And losing 10 seconds because of an interruption is better than losing the next 10 minutes because we said, ugh, It didn't go as I expected it. Just forget about it. So that was the start to the day. And there were various cascading events since then that have been challenging. But they've also just led me to say, of course. And another, of course, as I was looking at the definition, so as I shared, the original definitions for intention were great. But one that showed up on that front page, not first, but the second offering of the definition in the first you know, spot that came up after I entered the word into the internet search bar was the healing process of a wound. And directly after that, see first intention and second intention. And as I stopped and looked and processed I thought, well, of course, this is the definition. And to be honest, you know, in the medical mindset, I think about healing by first intention, second intention, sometimes, but it wasn't where I was going when I entered into this episode. I was thinking of intention in the way that I've shared it with you and being intentional with actions and, as I'll share with you, thoughts. But when I saw that that was the definition that came up, I thought, of course, of course, that's where this is going and what is worth addressing. And thinking about the time right now of this woundedness, you know, as a culture, as a community, as a species, as a society, as a world, you know, we feel wounded and there are small cuts and there are gaping gashes of interruption you know, to our days to our social 
circles, to our work experience, and we are called to heal. And how are we going to do that? Intention, the healing process of a wound. And with first intention, if you're not familiar, is primary healing. And that happens when we bring together the two edges of a cut, essentially. We can think of the best example in surgery. We make this clean incision. We do whatever the work is that needs to be done. And then we bring the tissue back together. So it's staple it, stereostrip it. It's beautiful. You may have a fine line of a scar. You might not even see it eventually. It can also apply to a traumatic wound. You might cut yourself and you need to go into the ER and have stitches. So even though that cut wasn't made for a specific purpose, it's clean enough and it's smooth enough that it can be sewn back together. Those edges can be approximated and it will heal in that fashion. And there are injuries in that way that are happening now. And that can be an appropriate means of closure and of healing And sometimes, you know, we need to make that intentional cut and take out, you know, the malignant mass and thinking about that in our relationships and in our societies and in our systems. Sometimes it's something that needs to be removed and then we can still bring those edges back together and heal it. And it looks largely as it was with that concerning toxic component removed. But there's also healing by second intention. And this occurs when the wound is so large, you know, the edges can't be brought back together, or you have to put so much tension on them that it just wouldn't hold, they'd likely gap and separate, or it's so deep, you know, that there really needs to be healing that's done within, or it's contaminated, you know, there's an infection, it's a dirty wound, and closing it would just lead to sepsis and sickness of the whole. And these, as you can tell, are a bigger deal. It takes longer to heal it this way. And we've developed a whole subset in medicine of wound care specialists, physicians and ancillary staff who specialize in new technologies and dressing changes and monitoring this repeatedly. And it takes time, but it's necessary. And we allow it to heal from the inside out. We don't just cover it up and hope for the best. We allow that layering to happen from the deepest level, and you're often left with a pretty significant scar. And that scar can serve as a reminder for the work that was done and the patience that was taken and the intention that was allowed for that to heal in the most appropriate fashion, even though it wasn't quick and it wasn't convenient. But it didn't just try to cover up and reattach those edges that really weren't ready to be approximated. I think about those wounds right now, and they're being exposed. And I think that in many of our systems, we're seeing that perhaps we tried to get away with healing by first intention, but we really needed to take that time to allow things to heal from the inside out and to really regain structure and better function internally, to cleanse, take away the contamination, to make sure that the surfaces were clean enough if they were going to ever be eligible for being sutured back together. And there's that tertiary option where we allow some time for that secondary intention. And then when it's well enough 
and it's healthy enough tissue, we can then bring those edges back together and suture them and get back to that fine scar where things look about as they did before, but we know that there's a solid foundation underneath. And either of those choices are reasonable and scars are okay. You know, they're maybe not ideal. They can also remind us of the work that has been done and of the wounds and the injury that has been sustained and remind us not to do that again, not to behave in a way and construct systems in a way that leave behind the humanity, you know, that prioritize profits and efficiency at the expense of quality and of the people, you know, of the true human resources that are serving in systems and that are being served by systems. And are they really? And so, of course, intention took a whole different turn when I came to this episode. And I truly believe it's an opportunity that we have to examine how we might have done a botched job. And maybe we need to reopen some of those wounds and do some cleansing and some rebuilding and be patient and thoughtful and act with intention. And if the systems are ready, maybe take that tertiary step and put them back together or just be patient and allow for the scar and learn to operate in a new way and be reminded of what the best course of action might be. During this time, I've also spent a lot of introspective space learning about myself and thinking about intention in thought. Maybe can I even say that? Being intentional with thinking. So we talked about being intentional with our actions in our schedules. We're talking about being intentional with healing. And I think also being intentional with our thinking and our thoughts and the thoughts that we choose and recognizing as well that the true power of intention means that we have to do the work and look at the healing and look at those actions regarding ourselves. And I truly am and remain dedicated to this osteopathic life in its subtitle for the health of all things. And it's occurring to me that in that reach for helping everything and seeing how I can be of service in the greater good, I may have missed a key step. That being the health of all things has to include me and really has to begin and perhaps even end with me. You know, my work internally is as powerful as anything I can offer to the world outside of me. And that's been a big realization and it's taken a few tries and I'm sure it will keep having to come back around as a reminder you know, from the time I injured myself where I was rendered mobile, you know, you think I would have learned it pretty well then, but it takes some reminding to get back to doing the work for yourself and recognizing that that's not selfish in the way that we might consider selfishness, but treating yourself first, you know, physician heal thyself acknowledging that and truly coming from a place of wholeness to whatever experience 
you might share with the world. And there are a number of quotes surrounding this concept. One from Leo Tolstoy, everyone thinks of changing the world, but no one thinks of changing himself. You can say maybe guilty is charged there. Author John C. Maxwell, most people want to change the world to improve their lives, but the world they need to change first is the one inside themselves. And I do talk about this with patients. And I think about even when I teach yoga for the gym, we usually set an intention at the start of the practice. And it's often just one word, something we want to take with us into that hour. And the words are usually, you know, simple one syllable words that are positive and help us bring back into focus. And as I explored intention, and I shifted from just having the definition in my search bar to writing the power of intention, that book came up as a title by Dr. Wayne Dyer, who is an emotional counselor. He died in 2015. He was a Michigan native, I learned. And in this book, which I have not read, but I will, and I'll post the link to it in the show notes, there's an article that talked about the seven faces of the power of intention, according to Dr. Dyer. And each of these, I think, could serve as a specific intention, like in that hour of practice of yoga, maybe one each day of the week as we go into this next week between the podcasts, or just some thoughts to consider how these call you into an intentional way of being. And the first, of course, was be creative, which was the original word in this episode that has since evolved, but it brings us back. Be creative, be kind, be love, be beauty, be ever expansive, be abundant, be receptive. So they are words, they are thoughts, they can be feelings and actions. So how can we embrace these with intentional purpose and take them with us into the course of each day. I think about intention in the practice of osteopathic medicine. And as I've been taught and trained, and as I've learned and treated patients and shared with students, we talk about attention with an A and intention in treatment. And you know where we are consciously, where we are physically, where our focus might be how we're engaging with the patient and the power of that relationship, that acknowledgement of how things are moving in the body and you know, listening with our hands for any shifts and changes, recognizing when it may no longer be beneficial when it's too much, when the system needs less of our intention and being called to that mindfulness and that awareness and that active presence and being an acknowledgement in that process. So over the course of this investigation, of this re-recording, of the reflection on the day, and of the acknowledgement of the work that I will continue to do and continue to see in a new and intentional light of allowing that call to honor, to find, to preserve, to promote the best health of all things must include me. Just like for you, it must include you. We can't skip that key step 
and we have to keep taking it and keep coming back to it you know, as often as it takes to honor and acknowledge the health within. And I think about all those osteopathic tendons and how they can relate to me, mind, body, and spirit. You know, how are those being served and nurtured and cared for and the structure and function of my life internally and externally of the capacity for self-healing that I have in acknowledging when there are interruptions and how they can be removed in realizing that rational treatment of me as a full and complete vital human being requires me to hold all of those for myself as I, before I, while I step into any of these roles that I have the privilege to hold. And I will continue that journey and I extend tremendous gratitude to the experience of this podcast for the invitations every time to take on learning and to see words in a different light and to allow for new interpretations and to take me into the intentional act of saying these words again because they are important and I need to hear them twice in one day. And as the opportunities arise to speak in different ways, in lectures, here, I have finally started posting on Instagram if you'd like to take a look. I launched a YouTube channel talking about best health through movement and seeing all the different ways we can interpret and communicate with one another, but still holding ourselves at the heart of all of those. And that will remain my greatest daily intention and guiding light for health. So I thank you for giving me the gift of the previous episode spoken into the open air. I thank you for listening through this one that seems to have recorded appropriately into any of the past episodes and for sharing your experience. And please do you know, create a dialogue with me. It's always an honor to hear what you're experiencing in your life personally, professionally, of the health, and with others around you. you know, explore that and honor that. And we'll see. Another 50 more, more than that, fewer than that, all is okay. And of course, here we are, episode number 50 of This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Millie Beakey. Thank you for listening.